Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining. This episode is going to be a fun one because we're going to be looking at my worst investment ever. That's right, where I've lost the absolute most amount of money in the stock market. I'll be revealing it here and kind of explaining what went wrong with it. And I'm going to make it more interesting than that. You see the two black boxes here? This is hiding what is not only my worst investment, but my three worst investments ever and how much money I lost on each one of them. And then we'll be comparing and contrasting that against my three best investments ever and how much money I made on those. So you're going to see each of them, the absolute worst decisions I've made in investing and the best decisions I've made. And we'll go over all of it in this episode. We'll also, of course, be going over the growth portfolio, which is the story fund and comparing this against the S&P 500. So as always, we have a lot to jump into. Let's go ahead and get started. The first thing that you need to know with me is that I have two YouTube channels. One of them that you're watching right now is Joseph Carlson After Hours. Well, I have another YouTube channel just called Joseph Carlson, just my name. And on that one, I actually track a different portfolio called the Passive Income Account. And they have different goals. The Story Fund, which I track on this channel, this goal is just to outperform the S&P 500 and do that by investing in highly aggressive growth standard companies that have huge total addressable markets, great brand value, uh, products that are in secular growth trends, so on and so forth. So the goal is simply to beat SPY and to do it soundly over a five-year time horizon. Right now, I'm not beating SPY. I'll just be transparent with that. It's been a struggle so far, but I'll go into that more in just a minute. The goal at the passive income account is different. I'm not quite as aggressive with this portfolio. I invest in high-quality dividend-paying companies that have a lot of cash flow. Some cases, they're more mature. They have less growth ahead of them, but they continually generate free cash flow. They do buybacks. They pay dividends. And overall, it's just a steady compounding machine. This portfolio, I think, is more dependable and consistent, and I think it's easier to manage. In fact, I play this one a lot more conservatively. I don't take quite as big risks, in my opinion. And this one has actually performed better then the story fund. The story fund where I've been very aggressive and invested in a lot of fast-growing companies that are at higher multiples in some cases has performed worse overall, and I'm actually in the red overall on this one. So those are the two portfolios, and I track them on two different channels. Again, the story fund is with the After Hours channel. The passive income portfolio is with Joseph Carlson channel. So you can follow each of them transparently week by week. But my point in mentioning that is in this video, I want to show you the best and worst of each of these portfolios. What are my three best investments and what are my three worst investments? Let's go ahead and start off with my three worst investments. And funny enough, each of my worst investments are in the story fund. None of them are in the passive income portfolio. In fact, in the passive income portfolio, I haven't lost money on many companies. It's been very minimal losses. Most of my losses come from the story fund. So let's go ahead and get started with number one. We have Netflix at a staggering $8,400 in losses. So let's go ahead and take a look at number one, my worst investment ever, which is Netflix. And it's in the story fund. In fact, again, all three of my worst investments are in this portfolio. It's been a very tough ride so far. Netflix is one of my favorite companies. It's one of my biggest convictions. I'm still very bullish on the company overall, but I've made a mistake in buying this company at a higher price without a huge margin of safety, and their growth rapidly decelerated, which spurred a huge sell-off in the stock. So when I was buying this company, 
I didn't think I was overpaying for it. I actually thought that I was buying it at decent value. That's the reason that I was purchasing it. But obviously, the market proved me wrong. Soon after I was buying it, the market sold it off, and I'm currently down over $8,000. So Netflix has had a really tough 2022 so far. They started off by rapidly decelerating their growth expectations. The street... Wall Street expected around 5 million subscriber gains for Q1, and Netflix said, nah, it's going to be more like 2 million. So a lot lower than the expectations of Wall Street. And then with the Oscars last night, Netflix didn't win Best Picture. They had a chance of winning Best Picture, but Apple came in. Apple is a pretty good company at everything they do. And they came in with their streaming service out of left fill just a couple years ago, and they took Best Picture for a movie before Netflix ever has. This is incredible. Apple came out of nowhere with Apple TV Plus, something that like five people are probably watching right now. But Apple's actually starting to come out with good stuff. They're winning Best Picture at the Oscars, and this is an award that Netflix has never won. So this has just not been a good year for Netflix. And I expect the troubles to continue on unless Netflix reaccelerates their growth, unless they can show that they're still a growth company. They're still growing their total addressable market. They're gaining subscribers in Latin America and in India and so on and so forth. But right now, this company has been a struggle. And I expect to be in the red unless we see some margin improvement, unless we see some free cash flow growth, unless we see subscriber gains beyond expectations. Some of that stuff has to be improved. But as it stands right now, Netflix is my number one biggest loser. I'm down over $8,000. Now, moving on in number two, we have Alibaba at a $4,000 loss. That's what I'm at right now. Again, Alibaba is another one in the story fund and I have $7,000 in value and I'm down $4,000. So I'm down over 50% on this holding. I think it's been one of the worst scenarios ever where I bought into the company and just immediately it fell 50%. And that's a situation with a lot of people because Alibaba went down from a price that was quite high just recently, like a year ago, and it fell even more to the point where it was considered pretty good value. Even factoring in like China risks and the government and the potential for delisting, it seemed like it was trading very cheap. Then it just fell more and more and more and more, going from a price of like $300 to below $100. So lots of investors have jumped in at different times, and most of them have been hurt by Alibaba. There's not a lot of people that are in the green with this company. But I knew the risks. I knew that China is unpredictable. I knew a lot of people are uneasy investing there. But I went ahead and invested in Alibaba anyway on the calculated assessment, the calculated risk that Alibaba would not be hurt too much by the Chinese government because they would not have the incentive of hurting one of their best companies. And I also made the risk assessment that's just kind of a a guess that the Chinese government will not want to sever relationships with the U.S. because it's too economically beneficial. And we already have so many businesses doing business with China. We have Tesla in there and Disney and Apple and Coca-Cola and so on and so forth. So I thought that there's a decent chance that those concerns are overblown. Obviously, I was probably mistaken on that. Alibaba continued to fall. I lost some money on it. And now I am still a holder of the stock. So I'm going to give this one time. We'll see what happens. But so far, this is my second biggest loser. Now, moving on to number three, my third Worst investment ever is Spotify, which I'm currently down, just like Alibaba, $4,000, roughly speaking. Now, Spotify is a company that has a lot of challenges right now. Uh, They had the Joe Rogan controversy. They have the battle with big tech and all the streaming services that they're coming out with them pushing. 
So that's not the perfect story, but the company has a great product. It continues to grow fast. They're growing their membership very fast as well. And I'm still bullish on the company overall. I bought it during a time where SaaS multiples in general were much higher. Spotify was trading around a $50 billion market cap. And right now it's around a $28 billion market cap. So it's come down a lot. But again, I remain bullish on this company overall. And I think over the next year or two, I have a chance of erasing some of these losses. Now, the total here is $16,400 in losses between my top three worst investments. So that's a huge number, $16,400. I'd like to have that back. But keep in mind, every one of these companies, I still hold all the original shares that I originally purchased. I haven't sold out of them. So I have not realized any of this loss. It's just unrealized at this point. And I think over the next three years, I have a decent chance of making a lot of it back. So we'll see how this goes in the future. Now let's go ahead and transition over to my best investments ever. These are the best stock picks that I've ever done. We have Apple. This one I'm up $23,500. Now, like I mentioned, Apple's in my other portfolio called the Passive Income Portfolio, where I have a dividend growth strategy. And Apple has been one of the central holdings in this portfolio. Right here, you can see I have $23,550 in gains, and the total position size is $59,000. So a little under half of the position is gains. And this one, I still remain bullish on. Apple's trading at a kind of high 20s PE ratio. So it's a little bit pricier right now. I'm not pouring money into this holding or anything. But when I look at their future, their products they are coming out with their market position, their balance sheet and everything, I still think that Apple offers attractive value. So I continue to hold it. But with Apple, I'm up 23,500. The next one is Costco. I am up over $10,000 right now in Costco. Costco is another company that I consider to be one of the best companies in the world that's in my passive income portfolio. There it is right there, up $10,500, and the total position size is $40,000. Now, this was not a deep value buy. In fact, I purchased Costco with a relatively high P.E. ratio because I believe in the future of this company so much. I think that it is one of the most promising stories in the entire equity markets. I think this company will consolidate retail. It'll grow throughout China. It'll grow everywhere in the world because everywhere I see this company, I see people loving the business model, loving the shopping experience, loving how good they treat their employees and their customers and the return policy. And I just think it's incredibly difficult to compete with. And so far, investors want to own this company. They're willing to pay a premium for it. And even though I have $10,500 in gains right now, I don't plan on selling it and locking it in. I plan on holding this company for the next 10 years because I think the gains will be much higher over that time period. So we have Costco with over $10,000 in gains in number two. And then in number three, it's very close between Microsoft and JP Morgan, but JP Morgan came in third place with over $6,000 in gains in this company. JP Morgan is another company in the passive income portfolio. Here is what it looks like. Currently $6,172 in gains and it is a $20,900 position. Having said that, this is a company that I do like to kind of buy and sell based off the valuation. If the price to book value gets up to a two, I end up selling a little bit and taking some gains. If the price to book value goes down to like a 1.5, that's typically when I buy it because that signifies that it's undervalued based on its history. So JP Morgan making up third place with $6,000 in gains, that is a total of $39,800 in gains. So with my top three biggest losers, the absolute biggest mistakes I've made in investing, I'm so far down $16,400. And my top three winners 
are up $39,800. That nets out to $23,400 in gains between these six companies. And that's, I think, an important way to look at investing. Consider the fact that just Apple alone, just my best pick, makes up for my top three biggest losses ever. Having one right pick in investing can make up for a lot of mistakes. And I think that's the way that you have to view this. Whenever I make an investment into any stock, I want that to be a winner. I want it to make me a lot of money. And so I do a lot of due diligence, a lot of research. I try to buy very good companies that attract the values. And I want to have a 100% hit rate. I want every single company I invest in to make me a lot of money. Unfortunately, that just can't happen. That's not how investing works. Nobody bats a thousand. Nobody has 100% of the investments they make turn out like they expected. Even Warren Buffett, even Bill Ackman, even Peter Lynch, all of them have losers in their portfolio. Every one of these investors lost money on different investments. They all have this category of their worst investments that doesn't look pretty if you dive right into it. You know that Warren Buffett lost money on the airlines? He was invested in them and then sold them in 2020, realizing a big loss. And he's lost money in retail investments and lots of different investments. Berkshire has lost a lot of money in a lot of different investments, but they've made way more money in their gains. Their buy-in Apple makes up for a huge amount of losses. Their buy-in Coca-Cola makes up for a huge amount of losses. They have a couple key companies that really erase all the losses of their worst investments. You can also look at Bill Ackman. He lost money on JCPenney, he lost money on Valiant, he lost money on Herbalife, he lost money on a lot of different investments. But overall, his big winners have made up for his losses. And you can say the same thing about any single investor. So when you're looking at your portfolio, and you're looking at some of the investment mistakes you have made, especially recently with how difficult it's been, don't lose track of the fact that everyone has these losses. Most people don't like to show them publicly because it's kind of embarrassing. You want to only show this category of where you're making all the money. But I think it's good to put this in perspective. We have our worst investments. We have our best investments. And if you're doing intelligent investing, where you're making calculated risks and looking at valuation and investing in high quality companies, your best investments will make up for way more than your losses. And overall, you'll have a huge net gain. So even though as an investor, my goal might be to have every investment turn out great and make lots of money, I know realistically that that's not going to happen. I'm going to have my set of losers just as I have my set of winners. And that's the way that investing has worked throughout all of history. That's the way that it's always been. In my case, my goal is to have my winners make a lot more money than my losers so that they overcompensate for the losses. That's what I'm trying to do. So even though I try to bat a thousand, I try to hit home runs on everything, I think the ones that I do hit a home run on, the great investments, will overcompensate for the losses, just like Apple did for my three worst companies. The risk reward for stocks is just amazing. You can only lose your invested capital. That's all you stand to lose when you invest in a stock. So if I invest $10,000 into a company, and heaven forbid I really pick a bad company and it goes bankrupt, something that's never happened to me, I would lose $10,000 and I'd be out my initial investment. That would be terrible, right? To lose $10,000, but the risk reward is so good. If you invest in another company that does really well, it can go up 100% to $20,000. So you can double your money or it can go up 300% or 400% or 500%. A lot of these companies like Costco and JP Morgan and Apple have compounded hundreds and hundreds of percent. So you stand to make far more with good compounding companies than you stand to lose with making one bad pick. 
the risk reward is just amazing. And that's part of the reason that I love the stock market. Anyways, that's my video for today. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you in the next one.